What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a fantastic weekend and that you were able to do something that was both fun and relaxing. It's still hard to believe that it's October of 2020 and that we are officially in the fourth quarter of the year. And what a year it's been. It's been absolutely nuts. It's been absolutely crazy. But the good news is, if you're listening, you're still here, right? So there's still opportunity for you to make positive change, reach your goals, and still make 2020 a year filled with success. Speaking of success, we would not have success without you. So thank Thank you for listening to our podcast and subscribing. If, if you've not already hit the subscribe button, go ahead and do that now at your preferred podcast platform like this one right now. Also, if you've not already done so, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. We've had all sorts of amazing content for you there, and we'll continue to post the latest in wrestling news and fun things that are happening with our podcast. Speaking of that, I want to say thank you for everyone who joined us Friday on Facebook Live for our video podcast. I know you guys love when we do that, and we're looking to do more of that so you can see our faces and be involved in our conversations, and certainly... It was a lot of fun, and if you missed it, you can go back and check it out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash show. or if you want to listen to the audio, the audio of it is available right here and right now. All right, there's a lot to get to. Let's start with this past Friday night and SmackDown Live, which aired live, of course, from the WWE Thunderdome there in Orlando, Florida, and it brought us the 2020 WWE Draft Night one. So before we get into the draft itself, let's talk a bit about the ratings for SmackDown Live. As the ratings were up just a bit, coming in at 2.087 million viewers. It's slightly up from the previous week's episode of SmackDown, which had 2.043 million viewers. And uh, if you'll note, there's been a bit of an uptick for SmackDown, uh, really ever since the September 18th show, where they had dipped below 2 million viewers, and every week thereafter, there's been a slight uptick in viewers, and so certainly we're grateful for that. Last year's episode of SmackDown uh, during the draft brought in 2.898 million viewers. While that's significant, you have to also remember that was one week after their premiere on Fox, and in that week, they lost about a million viewers. So there's a lot of question, concern, and conjecture about all of that. But of course, you know, when you premiere, when you start anything, there's going to be a lot of folks that show up, and they brought in the heavy artillery as well, loading it with celebrities and superstars uh, from the past and present. So with that said, let's take a look at what happened here uh, at the WWE Draft. And again, there was a lot that happened. Some things, well, let's just start by saying this. I don't know how excited all of us really were about the impending WWE draft. Um, certainly with things being all in one place, this time being the Thunderdome, um, everybody in the same city. It's not like one's traveling one loop and one's traveling another loop. Certainly the superstars are different. But what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks, of course, has been kind of muddying the waters with certain people from SmackDown showing up on Raw and vice versa. So 
no champions, at least initially, moved anywhere. So the Universal Champion and the WWE Champion stayed put. Uh, the Raw Women's Champion stayed put. Uh, the Women's Tag Champions, though they can hit any brand, they've been pretty much centralized on Raw and they stayed put. But let's get into really what the biggest news of this entire draft is, which is, first of all, we saw the return of Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. They've returned from injuries and they get a title shot, a rematch against Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, and they win the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, their ninth tag team title reign, which is absolutely amazing. Congratulations to them. And literally two minutes later, they are drafted to Monday Night Raw. And one of the rules is if a champion is drafted to another brand, that championship goes with them. So now the SmackDown Tag Team Champions are on Monday Night Raw. But perhaps the most heartbreaking thing was immediately after that, Big E was drafted to SmackDown. So in essence, they've attempted to break up Perhaps the most successful entity uh, produced in the WWE in the last five to 10 years. Think about how different life was before these three gentlemen came together and they have an authentic bond um, and you couldn't break them up uh, because they were authentically who they were. Now, again, you could make the argument, does Big E need a singles push apart from the New Day? Well, if Kofi Kingston was able to go to WrestleMania with the New Day, why can't WWE push Big E inside of the New Day? I think it's incredibly possible. I think they've made a tragic mistake with this, much like the mistake they made when they broke up the Dudley boys, right? We did not want to see Devon or Bubba Ray, first of all, as singles competitors, and secondly, apart from each other. Now, we're totally okay with Big E being a singles competitor, but it doesn't have to be apart from the New Day. Remember, many factions over time were wildly successful, uh, as you had multi-men factions who went after multiple championships. Bring in the Four Horsemen, bring in D-Generation X, bring in the NWO, all of them uh, were wildly successful and concentrated on multiple championships. It proves your domination of the promotion. And let's not forget that during Kofi Kingston's championship reign just last year, which seems like it's been three years ago, but it was just last year. There was also a point where the New Day were tag team champions as well. So they held all the gold on SmackDown. Why can this not happen in this scenario? Here's what I think. I think there's going to be a point where WWE realizes, hey, we made a mistake. Let's put them back together. But I also believe you cannot break up an authentic group. You can put them in two different places. Ask the click back in the 90s. The click broke up in WWE because Hall and Nash went to WCW. Uh, Triple H and HBK stayed in WWE. And what ended up happening is they both made their respective brands that much better. So as I talk about it, it makes me think, A, you can't really break up the New Day for real, for real. But the danger that you could have, if you want to call it danger, 
Or maybe it's not really danger. Maybe that's the wrong word. What you have is the potential for the new day to make both Raw and SmackDown better places. And that is a real possibility. And let's face it, the tag team situation in WWE needs help. So right now, at this moment, you have, imagine this. Let's think about this for a second. You have the new day and the Street Profits, both on Monday Night Raw. Now, I'm just going to throw this out here right now. Uh, one of the things that I noticed is that the Raw Tag Team Champions and the SmackDown Women's Champion, uh, along with the Intercontinental Champion, all three of those were not drafted at all. So it says to me they're going to save that for tonight. Um, I do see a problem with Sasha Banks getting drafted before the SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey, who has now been a champion for over 365 days, the longest reigning champion in all of WWE right now. So I think it's a bit of a slap in her face that she's not drafted before a Sasha Banks. Um, and I'll get into that in just a second. But I think this, my own little draft predictions, is that you will have Bailey remain on SmackDown. Uh, the Street Profits will go over to SmackDown as well. And they'll, in essence, I guess, switch belts because having the SmackDown tag titles on Raw and the Raw tag titles on SmackDown don't make a lot of sense. But in my mind, that's what will happen. There'll be a swap of belts somehow. Let's face it right now. SmackDown is still the number one brand uh, based on money based on ratings, uh, and based on where WWE's focus is. So to move the Street Profits over to SmackDown, I think is a big statement for what they believe about SmackDown. And at the same time, to take the New Day and move them to Raw, I think will be a way to help Monday Night Raw really um, become or return to being the juggernaut that it once was. Uh, I also think that this is what's going to happen. We've seen The Miz and John Morrison. They're headed over to Raw. Uh, so there's going to really be a build in the tag team division for Monday Night Raw, which is absolutely necessary. There's going to be a build in the women's division for SmackDown as Bianca Belair is headed to SmackDown. Um, people were talking about her being separated from her husband. That's not going to be long at all because the Street Profits, I think, will be on SmackDown. So they'll be back together. All of that stuff will be fine. Um, in terms of what we need to see for the draft, I don't know, because again, in my head, I'm not like that super vested in the draft, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what they come up with tonight. I think where they again made a mistake is, again, this is my issue with WWE and has been for a long time from a continuity standpoint. Um, at one point, you were talking about there were three brands in WWE, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Why you are not drafting anyone to NXT is problematic. Equally problematic, you have not pulled anybody from NXT to come to Raw or SmackDown. In years past, that has happened. That's where we saw Finn Balor make his way uh, to Raw. That's where we saw Alexa Bliss make her way to SmackDown and the like. So, I think there's some real problems going on with how they're doing it. The one thing I am glad about, though, is that we're not seeing those horrible, tawdry boardrooms for Fox and USA trying to make an alleged decision on who they're going to pick. So I'm grateful for that. The WWE draft continues tonight on USA. The other piece of news that I think is really, really big and uh, we've not really talked about here on the faction until now. So strap on your seatbelts is an organization called GCW. GCW is known as Game Changer Wrestling, and they are a promotion that's uh, 
partially owned or significantly owned by Joey Janela, who you've seen on AEW. Well, they're one of the leading independent wrestling promotions. And so I want to talk about this because this is incredible. Over the weekend, they presented uh, the Collective 2020, which was a total of, get this, 12 wrestling events over three days in Indianapolis, Indiana. It took place at the Marion County Fairgrounds there in Indianapolis. Uh, One of the city officials deemed it independent wrestling weekend for the state of Indiana, which is absolutely massive. And here's why this is massive. So the collective is something that would have normally taken place during WrestleMania weekend. However, with the pandemic hitting uh, and WrestleMania as we knew it uh, being changed to something that would have no fans, all of the other independent matches or cards that would have happened that weekend were subsequently canceled or postponed. Now, it impacted a lot of pro wrestlers, a lot, and I do mean a lot, um, because a lot of them, just like fans, would travel to WrestleMania for these opportunities. It would give them as wrestlers an opportunity to be in front of the most passionate fans uh, in all of pro wrestling. Well, GCW decided we're going to bring the collective back, and they did that this weekend. Uh, It was all aired on Fight TV, so if you want to go there and check it out, you can. But one of the reasons that I think this is important is because they brought together multiple organizations like Southern Underground Pro, uh, like Black Label Pro, uh, like Shimmer and Paradigm Pro Wrestling, and Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, which I'll get into in just a little bit. Um, They also provided a a sincere amount of diversity in pro wrestling with events like Effie's Big Gay Brunch and For the Culture, which was an important event uh, to highlight African-American wrestlers. In fact, it was filled with nothing but African-American female and male wrestlers. So I want to say this. There were some amazing matches that took place, but bigger than results. And certainly there were folks there from all over the place, including Southern Honor, like Ashton Starr and AC Mack and uh, several other folks who have been in the promotion. Effie, who was at the uh, Rumble Jack back in August, was there. It was a significant moment, significant moment. And we could talk about results and things like that, because one of the things you also got to see during Bloodsport, the main event, which I just want you to kind of take this in because this is a big deal. The main event of Josh Barnett's Bloodsport was Chris Dickinson versus the AEW champion, John Moxley. Um, And why all of that's important is those were matches with no ring ropes that uh, really were kind of a mix between MMA and pro wrestling. Really some amazing, amazing stuff. This event was important for a number of reasons. First of all, it absolutely provided uh, the type of 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 diversity that we looked and hope to see in places like WWE. It put that on display and it put it on display in a major, major way. It's one thing to have a card um, or it's one thing to have a roster with a couple of African-Americans, a couple of uh, folks from the LGBTQ community, a few women and the like. 
it's a completely different ball game when you have full events that capture this. So I want to congratulate GCW and Game Changer Wrestling for what they have done. I mean, we got to see ACH versus Leo Rush, which is kind of a dream match when you think about that. It's nuts to see things like that happen. We had representation from Impact Pro Wrestling. We had representation from a number of indies. We had representation, of course, from AEW. Like, it's pretty nuts to think what happened this weekend in Indianapolis, Indiana. So do yourself a favor. Go over to Fight TV. You can order any of these events singularly or you can order them collectively but I think this is important for a couple of reasons number one we've seen pro wrestling return uh, in certain spaces some have been still without an audience some have been starting to bring an audience back but this was a significant moment. It was an arena that seated 2,000 people, and because of the guidelines in Indianapolis, they were allowed to fill it at 25% capacity. So you're looking at about 400 people socially distanced, um, which, let me just say this, I think it was a good look for GCW. I think it's necessary uh, to have a spot for all independent wrestlers to be able to go and a showcase of this manner. I mean, Shimmer Women uh, has produced some of the most amazing women, uh, ranging from Asuka to Ruby Riot to Mia Yim to Becky Lynch. Like, it's been crazy to see the folks who have come through Shimmer. Um, and so, for them to be able to put on a card along with all of the other cards that were there, I just want to offer my congratulations to all folks connected to GCW and I want to suggest that you check out one of the events right and here's why supporting independent pro wrestling is important the indies have provided a ton of opportunities for the next wrestlers that you want to see the next commentators the next referees the next personalities that's where you're going to find them in independent pro wrestling and unlike the days of say 20 years ago uh, you now have way more access to these types of events and so GCW has done a phenomenal job historically over these last couple of years of showcasing diversity in pro wrestling whether that be the LGBTQ community African-American communities uh, Latino communities females etc so I do believe we should support the entities that that absolutely support us. So to get the opportunity, check out GCW's The Collective 2020. You can follow them uh, certainly on Instagram at The Collective 2020 to get an idea of some of the things that happened. But uh, to watch it yourself would be amazing. I want to encourage you to do that. And I know a number of you um, learn about these types of organizations and opportunities from us here at The Faction. So I feel like it's our duty to share these types of things with you. All right, so I know it went a little longer than normal today, but there was a lot of information to talk about, be it the WWE draft or all that happened uh, with GCW's The Collective 2020 this weekend. I want to get your thoughts. Are you intrigued at all by GCW or any wrestling organization putting on the types of shows that happened at The Collective this weekend? Be it For the Culture, Effie's Big Gay Brunch, Shimmer Women, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I want to get your thoughts on that via social media. So let me know uh, at The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. What were your thoughts on the WWE draft as well? Some of you have already spoken out about that. But I want to give you the opportunity to speak out about that as well. And I want to ask this super important question. 
with a number of organizations welcoming fans back, like Southern Honor, like AEW, like what we saw with GCW and other independent wrestling organizations around the country. Is it time for WWE on Raw and SmackDown to finally welcome fans back? And is there a way for them to do it? Can they take the lead from AEW and some of the other independent wrestling organizations? Or is it better for Raw and SmackDown to be without fans currently present, but to just have the Thunderdome going on? Let's get your thoughts on that via social media as well. At The Faction Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Again, subscribe to the podcast. Check out previous episodes as well, including our video podcast from this past Friday. And let us know if you want us to do more of those. Until next time, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing from my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have an amazing day. I need my people.